1: You're listening to
2: Achtung New broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Accept no substitute.
3: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, once again to the world famous Achtung Song broadcasting in over 300 countries across the world. Plus, what we read, I don't know. They're not—they're not accurate these facts. They're really not. Uh, my name is Aaron Paul. Delighted to be with you once again as we. Look back on defeat in the Carabao Cup. No one liked it anyway. Um, and uh, a look ahead to another uh, rampage in the league. Joining us this week, of course, the Bogfather Daddy himself, Mr. Nick Hart.
1: Greetings, dear listeners, in that post Caribou come down, post buzz. Next morning, it's a bit flat. <laughs>
3: yeah. And the voice of acting himself, the voice of reason, uh, the voice of dread to others, it is young Harold Warren. Good afternoon to have you, pal. And um a proper special guest with us. I'm I'm quite I'm, I feel feel quite privileged to have him on. It's the director of communications, director of media communications at Millwall Football Club, Billy Taylor. How are you, Bill?
4: Afternoon, gents. How are we?
3: Uh oh good, good thanks, Bill. Good to uh, have you on board. Um I'll kick things off. Billy, um I think towards the back end of the last season, obviously we had a very, very special set of rules um, that were, were governing our game and I think my first game back was actually at the Den and I, I was quick to sort of highlight how well you'd organised things. I don't think you expected it to be as sort of radical again this season, did you?
4: Um, no, obviously we was hoping, um, you know, right from the back end of last season that the start of this campaign would be with um, fans in attendance. Uh, I can't remember the exact dates when we found out that that probably wouldn't be the case. Uh, I think we was, we was caught a little bit of cold uh, going back some weeks or possibly months when um, when Boris said that there'd be no fans in in stadiums um, and until October the first. So we were kind of initially disappointed that we'd um, we'd start without fans, but obviously you know, the process of then building and preparing towards getting you know Lions fans back into the den uh, began
3: in earnest really.
4: Uh, and, and that's what we were preparing for until um, until this week's unfortunate uh, news in the media.
3: How hard has this been, though, to organise sort of logistically? I mean, from what I've seen, everything's been done very, very well. Everything's been very clear in terms of what you want. But for you behind the scenes, this must be manic.
4: I, I think there's plenty of staff here that have, um, that have worked incredibly hard... Um, over the past few months uh, you know my involvement in the kind of logistical side of things has been it's been minimal so i'm not going to try and take any any credit for it but you know things like the, the turnstiles and, and the sanitizing stations which you've seen on social media over the past few days is is really this pretty much the smallest part of it it's the it's the strategy and logistical side which has taken a long a long time um, both in terms of making the den and a sort of covid secure environment as well as the ticketing element which has been has been a massive job so there's staff here inside the club that have just done so much phenomenal work, you know, in a relatively short period of time. Um So, as, as I said, the news this week was was a, you know, pretty monumental blow to, I think, particularly to those staff who have just been outstanding in recent weeks and months. We're just well,
1: searching for Billy's a kick in the bollocks, mate, because it came with zero pre, pre uh, pre-warning, didn't it? I mean, it came out of a bolt out of the blue, so to speak.
4: Yeah, it, no, it didn't. I, th- I think... um the first I, I heard of it, obviously oh, we, we knew that case numbers were rising, so we were conscious that um, things were not looking great. Um, but the first I heard was in the early hours of, uh, would have been Tuesday morning, when, uh, when my phone went off and someone had just sent me a link to a BBC article, um, which Dan Rowan had done, which sort of confirmed that there'd be no fans back in October and that that, that decision was, uh, was obviously being reviewed. Um, and I think that's what, and obviously Michael Gove then confirmed it on Breakfast TV on Tuesday morning. And I think really that was what was disappointing—that um, you know clubs up and down the country, including ourselves, learnt of this you know fairly um, sizable blow um, through the media, and that that sort of rankled quite a lot. I don't think that should have happened that way. Um, but obviously at the same time, I understand the way that things work in the world these days. It's hard for anything not to be leaked, um, and I'm sure there wouldn't have been a deliberate strategy behind that, but. Um, yeah, that was that was disappointing, and um, certainly came as a surprise, particularly 24 hours after we put season tickets back on sale.
1: <laughs> yeah, which was a heartening sight. I mean, obviously follow it on on the social media, and to see the club, you know, after a difficult summertime with the restart, and then you know the uh, the many questions that you must get asked via social media of what's happening, when when will this happen, when will that happen to start to see the clubs selling season tickets and for there to be clearly a lot of um, work's got into this but i mean um, carl bates showed a video of the uh, the turnstile arrangements in the car park outside you know it's, it's, it looks very different to the last time that i was at the den so a lot's got into this and then to have the rug pulled under your feet with pretty much um, you know zero warning is is a is a body blow and it's Let's, let's be honest. This is an industry, a football industry that is, you know, rocking at the moment already. This is this is going to uh, run deep. Not just at Millwall, which is our focus, but you know, other clubs across across the EFL.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, there's probably a little bit of a split in the debate between Premier League and and EFL in that, as, as we all know, Premier League clubs are far more reliant on TV revenues than they are match day. Um, income, but that's that's not to say that that isn't obviously massively important to them as well. But you know, for EFL clubs, it's it's pretty much um, the primary source of income for um, for all the 72 um, teams throughout the EFL, and that's that's obviously absolutely the case for us. So, uh, to continue going without that uh, income for you know for another uh, undetermined amount of time, as of yet. Um, it is is a massive challenge. And, you know, we, so we put season tickets on sale on Monday um, because we were we were preparing um, for that October date. We were preparing for Luton to be that first game. Yeah. And we, were, yeah. we, were, we, were, we were really hopeful that Saturday's game against Brentford was going to be a pilot event. So we were getting things ready for that as well. And the actual, um, you know, the process of putting season tickets on sale was, you know, the culmination of months of hard work. We um, we switched tickets in provider over the summer, which means working with a new website. The the kind of the platform for creating social bubbles and allocating seats was another new website on top of that so there's been a lot of technical learnings for staff here a lot of communication with with advance a new ticket partner so that was a, a massive step um both for for the club uh, for club staff as well as, as well as it was for fans um there were a few hundred that snapped them up on um, on, on monday so it was really gutting that um, you know, as I say, twenty-four hours later we had to to make that decision, which was the right decision to, to suspend sales. It, it, just a cruel blow, really, really, really difficult to take. Billy,
2: just out of a, out of curiosity, are they providing i.e. the government providing you with scientific reasons as to why you're any different, um, you know, what, what kind of science they're basing these decisions on, or is it basically coming through the media? the same as what we're seeing? Or are they in discussion with clubs or the EFL? Or is it just literally, you know, you turn on the news and the rug's pulled off?
4: Well, I've I've not been party to the the meetings with the the Sports Ground Safety Authority. um, But to my knowledge, um, no, we've not had any scientific evidence. And I think this is the problem for football clubs. It's hard to stomach when you can go and watch football in a pub, for example, um, with, you know, inside a group of six, which is an indoor environment. Um, but you can't watch football live in an outdoor environment with the same group of, uh, or inside the same group of six people, um, despite there being far more significant safety measures in place to ensure social distancing and correct access and egress procedures. Um, I think theatres is another interesting one as well. Theatres received a massive, or the arts received a massive government bailout, but they've been able to continue being open, and theatres are ongoing with hundreds of people inside Um, you know inside different theatres up and down the country and you know they I'm sure we've all been to one at um, different stages in our lives you know they've got you know compared to what football clubs have got in terms of concourses you know very small entrances and exits and yet they're allowed to go ahead and it's it's when you it's when you compare things that's when it becomes problematic um, particularly because we've not had the Scientific guidance as to why football is any different to those to those um, type of industries. I was looking
1: on the Guardian earlier on, Billy. Um, there's a story. I don't know how much we've you seen it, or whether you can say anything. So you know, um, feel free to answer as, as 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 you as you choose, really. But the EFL is apparently seeking, or, or the way it was put in the story, expecting some kind of short-term government assistance. I'm going to guess that's similar to the arts package that you've just described for some. That would be for sports, which would include football um my eye fell upon short term because this this that expects that this is going to be over and done with fairly soon which i i just can't see i mean the the current restrictions are in for for potentially up to six months and um you know you the winter seems to be commonly felt to be the the hardest part of what we're going to face so you're kind of looking at a six-month period in, in reality but have you seen anything of that have you heard anything about this government Assistance, or is that just um, talk at the moment, to your knowledge? Uh, t- a talk at the
4: moment. We we also saw the statement from the EFL, uh, which eventually came out yesterday. Um, you know, Rick Parry's met with the CMs, along with the Premier League and other sports um, sort of heads of sports governing bodies. Um, so yeah, I mean, we wait with we've bated breath. We we don't know any more than than what you guys know on that. I think mm. really, some sort of, if we speak speaking completely honestly, some sort of government assistance is almost. Um, entirely appropriate and necessary given it is the government that is essentially shutting us down for uh, another extended period of time Um, and and obviously we hope for for good news because that's going to be important for for the club in terms of its finances moving forward
1: I mean the government, I mean I'm going to make no particular political point here but the government have imposed a set of rules on Mill FC a business and and other businesses in the the various football clubs across the, the country, they've imposed a set of rules on you, they've um, required that you, you jump through a million and one hoops to get to a point where you could start trading again as as the business that you are, and then at the last moment they said, no, you can't do that anymore. It's it's um, it 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 must beg the idea at least that the government um, assists this industry that it is otherwise putting the boot into because I mean I'm just looking at Steve's story to um, to to the uh, uh, the London News Network. He calls it a disgrace. I mean it, it feels like. Um, you're, you're being throttled with no way out of the, you know, nowhere out of the situation.
4: Yeah, and I just wonder, again, speaking completely honestly, whether sort of non uh, non football following uh, the non football following public uh, and the news media, their perception of football as this sort of ultra rich uh, industry is having a negative impact, um, probably from a PR point of view, towards what the government do for for the game. So we know that um, there are. Um, there are players, um, at the, you know, top end of the uh, the league pyramid that earn significant sums of money, um, but there's also staff behind the scenes who don't. Uh, and the you know the, the closure of stadiums affects um, affects staff as it does um, players who, who go out there and, and play on the pitch. So um, I, I think it's from a PR point of view, it's a difficult one for the government. Um, you know, I've made the point over the past couple of days that if case numbers continue to rise uh, and they allow sort of mass sporting events to go ahead, um, then they leave themselves open for criticism. So I, I think that's probably part of their thinking. Um, mm. But ultimately, they, you know, these, these football clubs, us included, um, I know Steve keeps um, using the phrase community assets, but that's exactly what they are. You know, we, we're not just a, a football club who operates and um, pays players and pays staff and post-matches, you know, we do a lot of work in the community. Um, a couple of years ago, we had the, the work of the trust valued, uh, and I think it was around £10 million. So, you know, if you let football clubs die, um, then that work dies with it. And that's not something that local councils and, and boroughs can just replace. They don't have £10 million spare to just start carrying out all the work that the clubs are doing. Um, so I think it really goes beyond just what happens out on a pitch and, and that match matchday income. There's so much more that football clubs do uh you know, in their local communities on a uh, on a national scale that um, needs to be remembered at times um like this. Uh, and I, I like to think that the government will do exactly that. But we as I say we'll we wait with um we wait with bit of Breath.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with what you're saying there. Also it's it's a bit of pill for for any football fan. I wouldn't just say any Millwall fan, but I'd say any football fan that you were encouraged four weeks ago to go out and save your local Pretamange who Pay, pay a small amount of tax compared to what the uh, football industry does in tax to repay the furlough scheme. And not only that, the community assets that, you know, the 72 plus the 92 of the Premier League do. You're right there, Billy, definitely.
1: I mean, we are very lucky at Millville um, to have an owner, in John Berrelson, who has, I think, shown over the years his... Um, what's the word, dedication, philanthropic dedication, I don't know what way you want to put it really, to, to mill and, and to sustaining the club. But I mean, as wealthy a man as we know John to be, he, no one's pockets are inexhaustible. Did I read that we are running on losses of about a million pounds per month at the moment? Is that, is that correct or is that an exaggeration, Billy?
4: No, it's not an exaggeration. Um, we wish it was. Uh, no, that's, no, that's the facts of the situation. Um, financially, it's very tough, uh, as I said earlier on. And match day income is our uh, our primary source of revenue. Um, so without that, of course, we we really really struggling. Um, John is you know throughout his time at the club, as as we all know, has been outstanding. His support um, financially is is um is unwavering. Um, but John, you know, as we all know, already puts vast sums of money into he does the club yeah. every every single year um, and continues to do so, and, and and I'm sure will continue to do so. Um, but we need to help him out a little bit um because it can't it can't just rest on his shoulders to um just keep funding his losses and stuff so obviously as a club we've got to try to find different ways of um of making money ways which you've obviously we've not been used to because we can't operate in in the way that we um we've become accustomed to over um but you know all the years um that fans have been attending football matches so it's it's a unique challenge um and as i say john John's support is outstanding. I think he's pretty much incomparable with most other football chairman um, in terms of uh, his commitment to the club and, and sort of on a, on a financial but also an emotional level. Um, but we need to support him. It can't just rest on his shoulders to
2: um, to keep the club going all the time. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. absolutely. Go on, Eric.
2: No, I was going to say, um, obviously, going, trying to... I know football's almost secondary, but with, in terms of those losses... Is there any word from the governing body of football uh, around FFP? Because I'm presuming that skews that completely out with operating losses and and everything that's going on. I don't really know how you can blame anyone. It's not overspending. It's just you haven't got fans in, in the ground spending money.
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd, to be honest, I don't know the answer to that question. That's probably one more for for Steve. Um, it, it's, it would be. <laughs> it would seem somewhat harsh to uh, punish clubs at a time when um, obviously the, you know the, such. Um, significantly larger operating losses than um, the normal we 've obviously also seen the impact that this has had on the transfer market. Uh, no club is really going out and spending vast sums of money because no one can really afford to do that yeah. Um, but yeah I and mean, going back to your question i, I don 't know what impact this will have on on that um, as we know uh, the kind of profit and sustainability rules are spread over a three year period um, until such time as we know how long um, this sort of behind closed doors period continues for. Uh, it's hard to determine what impact that will have across that um, sort of timescale.
1: One thing I did want to say to you, Billy, I mean, obviously you put out a statement yesterday. We'll come on to the details of the club statement that was put out on online yesterday. But I just wanted to praise you. You've achieved a rare thing. That's a club statement that's been met with praise and support pretty much universally. If there's anyone that's got anything uh, to say that's moaning about it, I've not seen it. Um, so, you know, well done, mate. That's that's uh, That must be a first <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I think, it is. I think it is a first. Um, it was yeah, without being too soppy, it was a little bit of an emotional day yesterday because the the reaction to that um, really lifted the mood in uh, throughout the club. Really, um, it had been a difficult forty-eight hours. Obviously, since uh, since the news filtered through about the um, you know the extension of the the. Uh, uh, the day to fans returning, um, yeah. and we needed a bit of a lift, and uh, and actually the reaction to that, and, and obviously praise for the club in terms of what it had decided to do, which is absolutely the right course of action. Um, no one, no one internally had any doubt about uh, what we had to do for the fans. Um, you know, the reaction really, really did lift um, lift some spirits, and it's helped to sort of refocus and re-energise our. Uh, our minds and our bodies on the task ahead, which is ultimately to, as I said earlier, just to find some new revenue streams.
1: Oh, well, one thing I would say, I think you'd agree, Harry. Um, you know, as much as Millwall fans can be a fractious bunch in normal in the normal course of events, when the club's uh, existence is on the line, they do have a, a, a wonderful ability to pull together, and it sometimes defies. Um, you know, defies belief at times, but i very much got a sense of that. Yesterday, look reading the online comments.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think um, I, I don't think anyone's in any in any doubt of how much this is going to affect a club like ours. And I mm. think um, I think it was nice to see yesterday. I don't think I've seen us that united on anything since we got rid of Holloway. So. Um, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Achtung, Mehlwald
1: The Achtung Mill Yearbook is now available via the Mill Supporters Club.co.uk store. Visit the Mill Supporters Club.co.uk store and buy your copy of the Achtung Mill Yearbook, just £13 including postage and packing within the UK. It's 128 pages worth of Mill News, views and opinion. It's a great Christmas present. Visit the Mill Supporters Club.co.uk store all profits will benefit the Melzer, Evelina, and the Mill Community Trust Foods Delivery Service. Bill, I wanted to run through just so that we—I we, know the statement's online, and some, you know, many will have seen it already. I just wanted to run through the main bones of it, if, if you're okay to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, this, the first thing is that um, the club's going to reimburse season ticket holders; those, those that have bought season ticket uh, tickets already by way of a, of a of a of a prorated refund based on the number of games you've missed relative to the price you've paid and that's going to be a credit to next season's account basically isn't it that's going to be a, a roll forward to twenty one twenty two, i guess
4: yeah that's correct so it essentially becomes a discount on um your season ticket next year obviously we, we you know we're still desperately hoping that we can get fans into games um this season as soon as you know as soon as is um as we're told to do so uh, and obviously you know they're just under three thousand fans. They have airport season to will obviously receive priority in terms of attending games um but you know we, we're conscious that you know there's been a lot of games now that fans have, have paid money for that they've missed um we absolutely had to give something back and so essentially with every game that um, they're not allowed to attend that money will go back onto their accounts um you know, in, in pro right form based on the the, uh, the price they paid. So uh, they essentially receive it as a discount off of next season's um, season ticket.
1: And that's going to be teamed with, um, for the season ticket holders, uh, the free iFollow streaming codes for the home games um, that'll be played behind closed doors, probably the bulk of the season um, being realistic. Absolutely. So you'll, you'll get to see the home games on via iFollow as part of the season ticket deal.
4: Yeah, we, we spoke um, previously um, I think in club statements go, you know, dating back probably four or five months now. Uh, we wanted to f- try and find a way of rewarding, you know, the people that had bought um during lockdown or building up to lockdown, as well as those since it. Um, and I think that's a you know, a good starting point, you know, giving away the free codes. Um, you know, we didn't have to do that, but we felt that was the right thing to do to just to reward the to reward that loyalty. Um, you know, and obviously we know that that could be up to um, 230 quids worth of value if it was the whole season um, behind closed doors but we're desperately hoping that's not the case.
1: We'll come back to IFOD I just want to finish off the, the main um, bones of the uh, of the uh, statement yesterday and the, the final one being refunds for the uh, Derby, Barnsley, Swansea and Charlton games of last season as well as for a community trust fundraising dinner. They're going to be refunded um, and any pro um, not season uh, ticket claims from 2019 to 20. that's where people have actually asked for a refund for the games they couldn't make at home as a result of COVID is that correct?
4: Uh, yeah that's spot on um, that, that process started last Friday uh, we recognise it's taken a long, uh, long time for the club to be in a position um, both financially and logistically where, whereby it could start the refund process and you know, we're really grateful to fans for their understanding and patience around that uh, unfortunately it's a manual process where uh, a group yeah. of started i literally going to have to call everyone who's requested one um, to sort of um, process it over the phone in terms of entering card details and stuff, because where we've um, switched tickets provider, you can't um, switch the card data over. Uh, we have breaches um, GDPR regulations quite rightly. So it was a bad summer for it for, for us because <laughs> of uh, that change, up, which was out of our hands anyway. Um, so that process has started. So some fans would have had a call. Um, some fans um, will, will still be awaiting theirs. Um, and we're, listen, we're, we're trying to get through that as quickly as we, we possibly can because we're conscious it has been a long time, and um, fans have been great with us, and um, we're doing as uh, we're doing it as quickly as um, and efficiently as we possibly can. I
2: was going to say, if um, anyone is listening and is sort of can afford not to want that refund, I'm not laying this at Biddy. I'm laying this at fans. If you can afford not to have that refund, if you've not had that twenty quid for. Months and you've decided not that you can live without it. I think the club would be very grateful for you not taking that twenty quid. Not just the fact that it's twenty quid, but it's the man hours that Billy's talking about to ring you up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm just looking at the total amount to be refunded is three hundred eighteen, just short of three hundred nineteen thousand pound. You know, if people need the money, I, I, I there's there's no argument about it, really, Billy. Is there? It's um, it's uh, it's just that you look at that figure, three hundred eighteen thousand pound, when the club is um. On 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 its you know on on the back foot so to speak it's it's a gives you a sense of how much money is involved
4: uh, yeah it's it's obviously a vast sum um, and you know it, again we appreciate the fans have you know requested some refunds early and they've waited a long time so it's not for me to say uh, for them to change their minds um, obviously the situation is now is now changed in that you know we're facing it further spell of matches um, behind closed doors and that does change the financial picture but um, you know if, if fans are requested refunds they're absolutely in, entitled to them so I'm not going to try and persuade them um, otherwise that's obviously up to any individual fan who wants to make that decision
1: Absolutely Absolutely So our, our collective um, following uh, the Millwalls dagger not depend on I follow which is um, has been a problematic platform, Bill. I mean, I know you and me have spoken, you know, previously about it. It's, it's, it's got off to um, a bumpy start, hasn't it? The game at Crawley, obviously, was the um, probably the worst example. Uh, but then last week at Rotherham, you know, um, they had the commentary in front of the video. And I know it's the only one, the only game in town. So, you know, I'm not asking for um, beyond what it's, it delivers, what it should. I mean, I think that's... We're not asking for miracles here, are we? We're in 2020, and this is a a video streaming platform that should be able to put the the sound and the vision together and keep it streamed for the 90 minutes that people have paid for. You know, I, I know that you're having conversations with um, the EFL. I mean, are you picking up at other clubs too or having the same conversations? Is it, is it a Millwall thing? Is it a wider thing?
4: Sometimes it's just, it's just the Millwall thing. The Crawley game was, was a, a, an issue unique to us, unfortunately on that day. Um, there are sometimes it's more wider um, issues, right. And sometimes they, they just, um, they affect just an individual game. I think the sinking one, uh between commentary and pitches last week just affected us. I don't know of any other clubs. Um and uh listen for, from us it's it's obviously frustrating because you know we, we really we we really make an effort in terms of marketing um i follow there's there's been a drastic improvement or enhancement uh, in the offering in, in recent seasons we've gone from uh no streaming to international streaming um to then you'll see domestic stream as well as international we've gone from single camera coverage with commentary and no, and no replays to multi-angle with replays and graphics and stuff so that the actual offering has improved um but that counts for little uh, unless it can be uh, delivered in a technically sound manner um we as a club i can't vouch for other clubs but we uh, here at Millwall have, have put a lot of pressure on the efl not just in, you know in recent months probably in the, in the past couple of years to make sure that you know this product is uh, is as good as it can be um, and i Controversially, I might say for the most part, it is. Um, But um, one issue is one issue too many. Uh, And unfortunately, it hasn't been a great start to the season. Um, In that, I think dating back to the behind closed doors games um, last year, when we had the biggest audiences ever, it was largely okay. Um, But to start the season in the way that we did with that quarterly game um, wasn't good enough. Um, You know, we made clear at the time that we were putting the EFL under pressure to issue refunds uh, and a full refund, which eventually they did, which was. Um, which is the correct uh, and appropriate course of action. Um, and moving forward, you know, we, we know um, as well as the fans do that it has to be, you know, for the sort of £10 match pass fee that that fans are paying um, and obviously this, the, the other fans that, that pay by subscription, whether monthly or yearly, you know, the product's got to be good. Um, and particularly as it's now going to be the only way of watching Millwall for the most part, um, you know, it has to be reliable. It has to be technically sound and uh, I don't want anyone to think that we uh, are blind to the issues because we're not. Um, and I don't think that we don't shout at the EFL because, uh, believe me, we do.
1: I think I've become one of the um, the EFL online's difficult people. I sent them an email the other day they hadn't replied back to yet. It was polite, but I think they've put me now in the difficult category. We used to have difficult categories when I was working in housing. So I think that's where they've put me now. So um, I <laughs> we'll, we'll follow that with interest.
4: I think Nick, I'm in the same group, to be honest. Don't worry. <laughs>
1: um, am, I, am I right in understanding that the, the I follow sales? I mean, one of the part of the statement yesterday bill was that you're 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 you're, you're you know asking fans to obviously to subscribe via iFollow follow because that is an income stream yet the club gets the hold of the 10 pound fee that we're paying when we log on is that correct
4: uh, yeah that's spot on um i'm going to be quite open on uh, figures here so people understand the the kind of the situation financially so um yes we receive um hundred percent of the ten pound um match pass fee. Um so bearing in mind three thousand it's got you know up to three thousand people we'll be watching via free code moving forward. Right. Um for I think the Stoke game we sold um sixteen hundred uh, match passes. Um so that's sixteen thousand pounds. Um yep. and for Rotherham it was um seventeen hundred, so slightly more. But obviously we didn't have the um all the ticket holders watching because the, the, the away games are not included in that Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um for uh so sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand from those two games, when you consider that a regular match day here, the income we would generate um is, is well into six figures. Um so that's that's a stark difference. It's
1: well uh, short, yeah. It's well, it's, short.
4: Well, it's well short. So we we need to really try and drive those figures and I I, I know um that, that in part is because um, the product has not been as, as good as it needs to be. So that's got to improve for those figures to, to increase. Um, but also, as we, we were very open in our statement yesterday about um, about football fans generally watching streams illegally, the I, the I Follow stream is the only one which leaves the football stadium in the AFL uh, on any Saturday or, or midweek evening. Um, so any stream picked up uh, illegally is, is, is that one. Um, it's stolen directly from the club. Um, and so anyone kind of paying, um, you know, an IP TV provider or yeah. generally watching it for free is um, it's really just taking that money out of the club's pocket. And, uh, you know, in, in normal times, we accept that that's just, just the way it is. Um, but it's particularly hard to stomach at the moment when, you know, we need all the revenue we can possibly get. Uh, and I know it's not easy out there for, for people and people have lost jobs. And, um, you know, generally the economy is... Uh, is in a difficult place but as I say where some where possible please support the club by watching on iFollow um, we are working hard doing all we can to get the product right um, we're putting loads of pressure on the EFL to do exactly that um, and hopefully it's you know it's as flawless as it can be as quickly as it can be um, and we can try and drive those figures because we, we need to be getting several thousand people watching uh, every game on iFollow um, in order to help with, um, with revenues at a crucial time
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for
4: 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: Not just with the iFollow, is there sort of now going to be strategies in ways that fans can help the club other than just iFollow bill?
4: Yeah, so I'm not sure when this, uh, obviously, when this podcast will be broadcast, but we're working on a new look membership scheme, which will be uh it, exactly that it's essentially a fundraising drive that fans will get something in return so it's not like a, a any sort of crowdfunding or any initiative like that um it'll be a membership scheme where fans can buy into it um it helps the club at a difficult time but also they get some stuff in return so i can't reveal too much at the moment because there's still it's still being ironed out and we're yeah. still trying to get loaded onto the ticketing system and um just making sure internally we're, we're all happy with um with the service that uh, is to be offered to fans and hopefully we'll have that out soon and um, hopefully that'll be that'll be popular. It's the type of thing that I really think the fans can rally, um, you know, rally
2: together and get behind. A bit oh. like the old um, 1885 club a few years ago or, or something, something at like those ilks. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah
4: it'll, it'll be similar to that and there'll, there'll be benefits to, to fans uh, and I think when, you know, when we make it public, um, if fans sit back and look at the potential value that they can make from it, that they will see that it's a really good, um, a really good offering um, so hopefully that'll be um, that'll be released soon and fans can get behind that
1: I mean as I said earlier on Billy I mean I, I think there really is an appetite online and I don't think it's faked I think people do generally want to help and you know it's just having the um, it's having the the ability to do so so the membership scheme you're describing I, I like the sound of it because um, as I've said to you before I, you know I, I, I don't really like kind of the begging bowl approach to life but if you can sell people something and it generates uh, an income then that's got to be the better way i think there's more um you know just feels a, a better way to to undertake these things so i like the sound of it um when do you think those schemes will come together would it be soon or is, is it something that's cooking at the moment or? yeah
4: i think that that sort of new membership scheme will be fairly imminent probably in the next um the next few days hopefully we're talking internally about other other plans for whether well, that's kind of an international membership scheme um you know we've got you know the massively popular junior lion scheme which you're going to have to rethink because a lot of what is delivered as part of that can't be delivered when we've got no fans at game so things like that um and, and then sort of generally uh more thinking outside the box uh in terms of other ways we can um we could try and raise some money um so hopefully we'll have you know a sort of wide array of stuff out there within the next couple of weeks. I think that's the plan.
1: Presumably uh, the club shop will have a, a role on know. I know we've taken a piss out of it a lot on this, on this show. So you must forgive us. But um, I mean, that, that does actually play quite a crucial role in keeping money flowing inwards, doesn't it? The sales the shop. I, I looked on the um, website yesterday and it, you know, the gear in there looks a lot better, Billy. I've got to say, I mean, we've, we've, we've had our fun with it in the past, but it looks a lot more like I would hope the Mill club shop would look like online now. So, that's something you want to press forwards with going forwards, I guess. Yeah,
4: massively. Um, I, I think you know that's probably that's that's going to be a bigger um, revenue generator than iFollow over the course of the season. I would like to think so. It's, it's it is retail and iFollow which are going to be the two um, revenue sources. So obviously internally we've got to think of ways to um, to re- really uh, market retail correctly, which we're we're doing at the moment. Um, I, I think as you say, yeah, it's been um, the new website is a massive improvement on that. Yeah. um there's, there's new products being loaded all the time which are which are good and we hope will be popular um, and now it's it's down to well my department really and, and the commercial team to to market that effectively and try and get into supporters and um you know hopefully the membership schemes that we uh, that we devise will um will include an opportunity to go to the um shop and entice people to do so Um, not just once, but over and over again throughout the course of the season.
1: I mean, yeah, the gear gear in there was generally quite... um, It's been a long while since I've worn a football shirt, chap. So, you know, I'm not going to go and buy the green and white one because I think I'll probably fill it out a little bit too much these days. But it's a really nice-looking array of kits and the training wears good and you know it's it's really nice to see it because we haven't always been able to say that in the past have we? Um you know, but to see decent stuff on sale there with uh, the mill logo attached, that's what you want to do. I'm sure there's a market for it.
3: But what's what's the feeling like sort of in camp right now and what are the thoughts going forward? What was is there optimism like for the future? I mean this week has been
4: uh it's been a difficult week. So we, we you know we've really touched upon uh, the impact of the, the news from the government and what that did to, to staff who really on Tuesday morning were as low as uh, as I've seen, you know, certain people here for, for some time and understandably so, but um, you know, we can't sort of sit back and feel sorry for ourselves because that's not gonna solve the problem. We need to be uh, energized and determined to work in a different way um to find alternative revenue streams. Um and i think their reaction from the fans over the past couple of days and how they've they've rallied around um the club and and staff um has really helped lift spirits um and that really needs to be our um our, our focus um you know we need we need to use that as a catalyst for, for change in terms of driving different revenues and um and i think actually uh, after a difficult four hours um we're now in a position where we're really confident that we can um we can create some sort of unique and different um services for fans which I'm hoping they'll you know they really buy into. Um certainly what everyone's saying on social media um we'll certainly attest to that. Um, and moving forward, you know, club staff and, and fans have got to work together to try and get um you know their beloved mill through this um very uncertain period financially. Um but I'm in mean, absolutely no doubt whatsoever that that'll be achieved.
0: Hi, this is Sean, left centre
2: back at Millwall Lionesses. I'd just like to thank all the listeners at Acton Millwall and the show itself for all their outstanding work this season and for giving us the platform to express ourselves and hopefully
0: we'll win that league trophy for you. Come on, you lionesses.
3: Welcome back to Acton Millwall. You're joined uh, by myself, Aaron Paul, Nick Hart, Harold Warren, and Director of Media Communications. Billy Taylor um chaps let's look back at yesterday's game millwall exiting the efl cup with a 2-0 defeat at home to uh, to burnley um bill you and i were at the game i'm sure the other chaps watched it um i felt millwall did well they matched up to burnley for for long periods in that game and maybe it was just that old thing of of not being clinical enough yeah it it was it was obviously
4: a tough game we we knew um you know, we've seen in recent years what a Sean Dyche Burnley side is like. So it was always going to be, it was also always going to be a difficult game. I think you know the players that um, were picked to play um, did as well as they could do in the circumstances. But ultimately, that little bit of extra quality, as Gary said after the game, told with a fairly ridiculous um, strike from range and the second goal in stoppage time, just a counter attack when we're we're pushing for an equaliser. So I think you can excuse the. um
1: series a for that i mean I, I think quality is a good word there billy because you know in real time watching it i, I said to my wife not that she was interested incidentally listeners but i said to her that we've given that quote far too much space bosh and there it was a goal um it's just one of those moments it's probably about the only error i think in in many ways in the first half but it, that's the difference in level isn't it you know a premier league side will punish um that extra second that little moment that extra few yards of space they can, they can, they can put one away. Where in, you know, in the championship, maybe you just get that little bit of, um, a little bit more leeway. But I thought that was, that was overall. Um, I thought it was, it was, it was a decent performance, was a fighting performance by a Mill team that wasn't, um, didn't strike me as our immediate first choice eleven either. I mean, there were one or two players in there that have um, not featured so much in the league. So you know, it was kind of like a, it wasn't quite a second choice eleven. It was somewhere between the first and second choice. At one point five choice perhaps i think there's a lot we can take away from it um i was a little harsh online um towards troy because of the space given to the the bernie player to take a shot but i understand he took a a knock earlier on in the game which wasn't um i wasn't aware of and so I, you know i'll ask his forgiveness for having a pop at him for giving too much time and space to the bernie man to shoot what did you make of it H? I, I
2: thought it was probably our best performance of the season weirdly enough. Um... I thought we looked decent defensively, I thought the midfield were good, I thought Thompson was really good first half um John Taddy Bob Varson played well He did, yeah.
3: yeah
2: in the season um and yeah, okay, if we you know if Troy was carrying an injury then we we basically played with ten men in the first half, so so do you know what I mean, I think we played quite well, yeah, the goal is a is the one moment of clarity, and I don't really count the last goal. I know it's 2 nil, but the game is all but over had everyone in the other half, basically. So, yeah, I think if you had offered me going out the Carabao Cup in the first round, I would have taken your hand off for it because I don't think um, our squad is built to to have a Carabao Cup run and play in the league Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Um, and the only thing we're interested in is a run for the playoffs. So we're not going to win the Carabao Cup, so it doesn't really matter. So there's some players that are on the fringes of the squad have impressed and have given Gary... You know some problems selection wise, and um, it's all good for me.
1: What's the prize money like, Billy, in, in the in the um, Caribou Cup? Is it is it a cup in which um, Mill would have wanted a run? I know, I know that you always want to win the game that's in front of you, but is it is it a tournament that um, is worth the, the, the toll that it exacts on the squad? Uh, we'll, we'll take any money at the minute, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going um, to complain about
4: um <laughs> uh, Yeah. I, any cup run um it is good financially because it's unbudgeted money um, you can't plan for a cup run to so whether it's the league cup or, or FA cup which is uh, admittedly a lot more lucrative um it's right. still worth while um so yeah it's, it's you know financially it's helped a little bit um you know you really need games to be on TV to give you that extra boost um from the share of the um the broadcast revenue um, we've not had that but yeah you you still get some prize money for getting through um Each round, but speaking to um, to Gary yesterday, I think actually the way that it's worked out has been quite good. We've got through, we play three rounds, um, which in the early weeks of the season has helped get, you know, the entire pretty much the entire squad some very useful minutes, um, which you don't often get at the start of the season. You sometimes when it's if you get knocked out in the first round and you're just straight in league action, it's just your, you know, essentially your league team playing. Saturday, Tuesday, or Saturday, Saturday, uh, and then the players on the fringes of the squad don't really get any minutes at all. Yeah. And, you know, this, the start of this season has been good in that pretty much the whole squad has played, has started a few of the games and, uh, and, and now, you know, consequently in a similar position in terms of their match fitness. So um, I think the management and the coaching staff has been very worthwhile.
1: Onwards to Brentford at the weekend. That's going to be a different kind of fixture again, isn't it? I mean, I, you know, I thought Burnley stretched us a little bit in the second half, but I, I think Brentford will try and do the same to us on on Saturday, how do you see the game going, Harry? On, on Saturday,
2: um, I think they're there for the taking, really. Brentford, I, I think, do you um, think so? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I think their best player's gone. I think they've got, um, you know, there's arguably reasons why they can't play very well against us. I mean, I know they beat us last season, but that was uh, at their place. But I think that was more of a complication by Millwall rather than uh, anything from Brentford. We beat them at home quite comfortably ending. What did uh, I think I remember Biddy the B saying on Besotted that, you know, mm-hmm. they can't beat Gary Rowitt's tactical now when they come up against him. So that's that's true again. I think um they, they won't like playing against Matt Smith. Nobody likes playing against Matt Smith. I mean, you know, Burnley are Olympic kick it team in the Premier League. And last night he made their back four look remarkably average from any time it went in the air. So um yeah, I I fancy it's the nick it to be honest.
1: Jason Malumbi is um, a source of a lot of uh, teenage yearning on, online, um, Billy. Uh, it <laughs> reminds me of when you fall in love when you're 14 with a girl, the untouchable girl in your class, and you can't have her. You know, um, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a report that um, Gary Rowett has um, downplayed of an imminent loan return to, to Jason uh, for Jason Malumbi from from Brighton. Um, maybe you can't comment, but I've probably been unfair on you on Jason. <laughs>
4: Uh, I can't comment. What's <laughs> <laughs> no, the point of having you on the show? <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, Gary, uh, Gary um, said what he said last night. Uh, yeah. and that uh, What he said uh, is absolutely uh, the situation.
1: I'll ask Gary. Would you have him back, Harry? Jason Mulumba?
2: Uh I, think, I don't think it's whether or not we want him back. I think it's quite clear that he wants to come back. I think... Um, if you read between the lines, the boy's not backwards in coming forwards, is he? I think no, he um, he's not. <laughs> he, said what he said last season when he was here that he wanted to come play football. And I think, you know, if you've been promised things by Brighton, uh that allegedly have been promised to him, and you're not named in any squad, you're not named in the Carabao Cup squad, you've got to be sitting there saying, Why did I sign a contract to come and sit on the bench here in January or not even sit on the bench, you know? So um mm. I think he will get a loan, whether that's to me uh, to me or somebody else, you don't know. Maybe we're were in David Moed's building him for the Championship
3: <laughs> I, still, I still think That a striker is, is so important An actual Proper striker Well don't mention Don't mention
2: Lee Gregory Because another Millwall outlet Thinks that he's The answer
3: <laughs> No mate I'll, I'll aim high I'll say go for Edinson Cavani He'll do the job Yeah
2: yeah He'll do the job He'll probably bankrupt the club In the yeah, process we'd, we'd triple our
3: losses a month Yeah I still maintain that A, a strike was
1: needed A real good strike was needed um, I do agree I mean I, I did a little thing for funny enough It was B Sotted The Brentford podcast And I, one of their questions Was what, what you know, what, what's the key to Millwall season And I suppose it's the key to anyone's season Really if you, if you boil it down In the Championship And that's goal scoring And the kind of execution of chances I think we've got a side now that's capable of creating chances, but <clears throat> Matt Smith apart, we, we we just struggle in front of goal a little bit. And I think that Aaron's right. I mean, the problem is these players don't don't come along very often, and they uh, you know tend to tend to be expensive when they when they do come along. But um, all I'm going to say to the Mill support is is stop pining for Jason Malumbi. What will be will be. Let let the um you know, sera, sera.
3: I still think there's plenty of uh, plenty of movement left in the. Uh in the window, Jackson, in the transfer Jackson, market, Jackson Irvine still hasn't got a club. Marcus Madison still hasn't got a club. You know these sort of nomadic players still haven't got clubs. club. Daniel Sturridge still ain't got a club.
2: You know, uh, people. Yeah, I, I can imagine that one working well. Daniel Daniel Sturridge's work rate right at a packed den when we're allowed to come back will go down well. I imagine imagine...
3: Him Matt Smith are front together—that would be brilliant. Yeah, um, cool. Nick. Moving on slightly, um, the yearbook, how's it going?
1: Yearbook is selling really nicely, actually. Um, we've. Um, we, we, I'd like to get some more, I, I just wanted to apologise when it was placed on in Alden the last couple of days because I've run out of stamps. This, this, is, this is why this is how I, I identify with Billy and he's, he's kind of, Problems at the club, you know. I ran out of stamps too, so I know what it's like to, to struggle in business. Um, but no, it's been selling really well. Um, a lot of nice feedback. Um, thank you to everyone that's ordered. Um, keep them coming. We've got about 30 odd left now, so um, I'm hoping that we'll get sold out probably over the weeks ahead, I guess. Uh, I hope anyway, and then we'll be in a position to start making some donations to the charities. It's pretty great charities. Um, and there's, there are still some available, so get on it. Um, visit the Mill Supporters Club. dot co. dot uk forward slash shop, and you'll find it on there. Twelve pounds, um, and your money will go in its entirety to uh, one of the three charities, which is the Melzer Hospice, the Evelina Children's Ward, and the Mill Community Trust. Um, so your money will go entirely to uh, charity. So it's all for good causes. I think you'll agree.
3: Speaking of charity and good causes, Nick, we're uh, we're, we're we're working on the Acton Aka. It's 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 rolling. It's rolling. I, I'm gonna.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll roll the jingle. The actong Aka. Yeah, the
2: Acton. It's it inside
1: yet? We we have improved the Aka. Um Last week's, uh, we had three right out of the. How many of us are there? There's five of us, isn't there? So we had three out of five. So we we got close. No cigar, though. But um, we're gonna. Um, we haven't done this week's actong akka. We've this show slightly um, dominated by the, the big news of the week. So um, we'll put the actong akka online once we've made our choices. Once we've been in touch with Michael and uh, and Mike and Ryan. Are you,
3: are you getting on the old Premier League fantasy Premier League, mate?
1: I don't look at it. I I I hate fantasy football. I don't even know how I've become embroiled in this I'll, thing.
3: I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Uh, top, we have got Charlie Windred with Moy Division. Good one. T M Busquets, Andrew Crow is in a two. Luke Kyle Walker, Neil Smith is in a three. Ryan Loftus, XG, XG, in at XG. Four yeah. uh, down the bottom. Let's have a look. <laughs> let's it up the table is Michael Wills, Real Millward C, Shannon Drew. Oscar Omar, Nick Hart in at sixty fifth.
1: Sixty fifth. Okay, mm.
3: in the league. Can I just say, and I just give um, props to my meteoric rise. I went from sixty fourth to nineteenth in, um, in 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 an instant. In that. What league. was
1: what was your secret to your success? It was, it was well, bad. the fact
3: that half of my games hadn't played on that first weekend.
2: <laughs> I'll um. I'll give a, I'll give a little shout out to my brother who uh, decided to score ninety points over the weekend and get into the top ten. Um and my dad followed my picking of side. So that's created a bit of tension in the Warren household, I ain't gonna lie.
3: I hit 90 as well. Excuse me, I hit 90 as well. I was absolutely delighted with that. Bill, you you on the old fantasy football? Is it is it something that happens? Is it like a um is it like a, a press officer, media officer kinda? Is there like a separate <laughs> league, private league or something?
4: No, we're far too boring. Um, the uh, the lads in the office uh, have got a little league going and they compete against each other every year. It's, I've got to admit, it's, just not my, it's not my thing. I've done it several times in the past, but after the first match week, I just lose interest. Yeah. Um, so uh, not for me, but fully admire anyone who's uh, got the wherewithal to keep doing it week after week and good luck to all
1: of you.
3: Some of, these, some
1: of these kids Pay it Ryan Ryan's a machine On it he, he knows every Obscure player He knows every Statistic I, I can't I don't even know I got involved In the first place Listeners So Don't expect me To be near the top
2: It was a throwaway, <laughs> was a throwaway Comment that I often Make in our group <laughs> <laughs> Far too seriously but, but do, <laughs> do
1: join it if, if that's your thing Listeners Do join it I'm sure, I'm sure There's hours of excitement And interest to be had Out of it But no There we are <laughs> Achtung, Milval.
2: Harry, how's things with the lionesses, pal? Uh, well, last week they got beat eight 0 in the cup. Um, I've st- uh, you know um against a team that we weren't really sure what they'd do, uh, what they'd do. Um, the girls were blown away, really. I, I, you know I, I won't take anything away from um what Katie said after the game. She was really disappointed in her girls on her side. Um. And they've got a big opportunity this weekend. You can go to the game. Um, you've got to fill in, go onto the Millwall Lioness's Twitter page or their website and you can apply for a ticket. I think there's 300 tickets. Um, they're free. You've just got to apply, basically, because of social distancing and COVID regulations and all that. Um, but they're playing Hutton. Last season, one of the teams game for the league. Um, so it should be a good quality game and hopefully the girls will bounce back.
1: You're doing the video again this week, Harry?
2: Yeah, I'll be doing. I'll be doing the video and the and the photography. I, th- I think last week I kind of took too much on. Um, uh, Tom. Tom asked me to. Uh, normally I have Michael Avery with me, so I will give a shout out to Michael. Normally Michael sort of gives me a little bit of a heads up and a little bit of a hand. And and last week he wasn't there to hold me a hand. I felt like mm. I was meeting my dad as a child or something. <laughs> and um, I had Ryan with me. And me and Ryan had to do a lot. Uh, sort of, we were mic'd up doing. Um live commentary for the game on Mixala. I think we've used it before when we yeah, done the yeah, yeah, yeah. shows. Um, so we were doing that. I was trying to take video, make comments that the girls were warming up three foot away from me couldn't really hear that are too disparaging and, and go from there. <laughs> so, um I think we might I think we might drop the live record this week and um try and do some more stuff. We will do a live record obviously for the podcast, but I don't think we'll do a live sort of 90-minute radio broadcast. No, it's
1: a lot to take on. You used to do the live commentary on I Follow, Billy, didn't you? you haven't, you're not, not, not doing it this season, are you, mate? No, I've, had, I've handed
4: it over to um, Max. Young Max, who joined us um, uh, back in February. Uh, I just think he's better at it than I am, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, it was all a bit funny, obviously. When the, the games come back behind closed doors, we had um, red zone and amber zone. Um, I was part of the testing. Um, program so I kind of had to stay in the red zones. So I couldn't stay in the I couldn't go in the amber zone, which is which is where the press box is anyway. So, um, it kind of that gave him the opportunity to do it. And um, I've I've been sort of impressed with him. And um, it's not hard to be better than me at most things. Um, <laughs> and, uh, certainly proved to be the case on on commentary. So um, let him crack on. He's
1: doing really well. It's a skill, Aaron. You've done a bit of live commentary, haven't you? In, in your time, I know you do the live report
3: hundreds of times. <laughs> hundreds of times.
1: So oh, there we are. There, there we are.
3: I have to say. I I think
4: it's really difficult. It um, is
1: difficult. It is very it's, difficult.
4: It, well, it's twofold, really. Also you can, you know, main commentary is incredibly hard. You you know, you're constantly talking. Um, Summarising is that bit easier. Um, but if you're sat at home watching um, TV, imagine just talking over a game for mm. ninety minutes. At some point, you're going to say something a little bit daft, or you're yep. going to say something. You're going to say the wrong words, Yep. Um, or you're going to repeat something over and over again. It, it isn't as easy as um, Gary Neville makes it seem. Um, it's it's tough. Um, but I think in Carl and Max we have got um, you know, Carl's been doing it for a, a number of years, is he's, he's excellent at it and and, and Max is learning um, and has shown a um, you know, a lot of a lot of ability. So um yeah stick with them guys it's not as easy as um
1: you think it is believe me people people say to me oh nick you should do it but it's not easy as as you say billy i mean i've got the great advantage whatever i do i edit and i so i I chop out all the bits of inanity and nonsense or the bits where i repeat the same word three times in the same sentence so it all sounds like i'm really intelligent i'm not really i'm i'm quite stupid but you know you just you, you, you have the ability with the edit to you know to, to present a different kind of um end result so i I take my hat off to anyone that can do that for a living life I, I I think as well when you're um when you're emotionally ingrained in the action, which
4: obviously i, I would be watching a you know commentating on the Millwall game only done commentating a couple of times that have done summarizing for the most part you're you're expected to summarize uh, a goal for example, you know who's um scored the goal that's fairly obvious most of the time. You might know if you're lucky who set it up it's not as obvious. No. Um, but you've got to remember the move before that. And that's that's really hard because you just don't you just get caught up in the emotions of, of the moment. Um and sometimes you just don't know. Um so you have to it is watching football in a very um analytical and emotionless way to to try and be good at it. Um which is not which is not easy. When you work at a football club day in, day out and match days mean so much to to you and your um your colleagues and stuff, it's um very hard to watch football in that way. Um, as I say, the guys, the guys do a good job. It, I think.
3: I had a bit of a, a mare at the QPR game last season. Um, obviously, the goals are sort of flying in, if you like. But people noticed that I was disappointed that QPR were winning, and they were actually <laughs> like messaging into Five Live, going, "Why is your guy pissed off that Millwall?" Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, as well,
4: just add, um, Aaron, you're you know hopefully you'll be able to agree with me on this one um it's even harder when there's no fans there
3: oh
1: is hard. it is
4: it hard I really... there's no atmosphere so yeah. that kind of that does naturally strip out the emotion um you know if you're if you're a little bit less emotional watching the game that reflects in your voice um so you might come across as a little bit more uh dull and less engaging than you would do if there were 16,000 people making a racket in and around you um so that's that's the other thing you know not really being considered you know obviously we read all of the, um, the message boards and the comments online um but, you know because uh, that's what we do that's our job we you know we have to see what people are saying um about what we do and about us as, as individuals but uh, that, that really is the other thing just um I'm sure even doing reports Aaron as you do for five live um it's it's not it's just not easy because there's just no there's no such as you and you you you, your thoughts and your voice.
3: I did I did, um, did South End Harrogate the other week. Oh, blind. Southend. Harrogate's first game ever <laughs> in the football league. And of course they're going absolutely shit all over South End. And if you look, I think there's a clip someone put up on of, of me or, or no, if that was a match of the day account. They've ripped my bit off of um off of final score. And if you listen to me, I sound as if I'm trying to whisper. Or I'm try- I'm just trying not to be heard. <laughs> Where in reality, if it was a background ground, I would have been fucking screaming.
1: Yeah, you shout. Absolutely
3: yeah, yeah. going. Yeah. And that's what I usually am like. I'm, I'm very, very out there. But you I aware usually- like of the fact there was 30, 40 South end directors in front of me or something like that. Or, you know, friends of whoever. And they're all turning around looking at me. It's, you become so aware of things. You know, just it's, it's, it's very odd. It's so, so odd. You become very aware of what you're going to say because people yeah. can hear you. You can hear people, people can hear you.
1: You want to try doing it sat in block one when people are asking if you're, if you're from the, the old Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Wait, what, you, what you want to do is you want to get a girl's first ever goal... <laughs> <laughs> Wrong with the wrong goal scorer, and then <laughs> if you afterwards, tell her that you've called the wrong name. And then next week, last week, when she was warming up in front of me, she said you are going to call my name right today, and that makes you feel about two inches tall. Like, yeah, I
3: promise. I promise I will. It's happened to all of us, mate. It's happened to all of us. Don't worry, Eric. Nick, any other business, mate?
1: No, mate. I just want to say, really appreciate Billy coming on the show today, right. uh, taking time out of his day. It's been, um, it's been good to have you on, Bill. Uh, much appreciated mate and I know I know speaking on behalf of all the fans as I said earlier on I think it's worth saying again just before we close uh, the statement and the boost to everyone's spirits um, goes in two directions mate I know it's it's had an impact you've said at the club but it it certainly did in the support and um, people want to pull together and I I know that's I speak for our show I think I speak for all of them actually that's what it's all about so um, you know we await news of the of the other schemes and the other ideas you've got with um, with real interest, mate. No,
4: thanks, uh, thanks for having me, guys. And, Thank you know, you just uh, on behalf of, of, of staff here, you know, we're incredibly grateful to the support um, that the fans have given us, uh, not just this week, but obviously in, in recent months. Um, it's been very difficult internally, as it has been, you know, for, for all of society. Um, you know, we want um, fans back here every bit as much as fans want to come back here. Um, and we'll continue working hard um, so that we're ready Ready for that, and um, yeah, just um, you know, staff here are doing a really, really good job. Um, I don't want to name individuals, but um, you know, there's some people here that just work their um, just work their socks off day in, day out, and um, and they deserve fans back here um, as much as the fans deserve to to be here. So hopefully, not much longer, but we will see.
3: Billy, just very quickly, how's um, how's Mister By for now getting on?
4: <laughs> I think it's okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't speak to him personally that, uh, that often, uh, but I speak to his son, um, uh, lasted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, he and the family are fine, um, very much missing it.
1: I bet. He's been around years at that, that yeah. show. Les, Les, I think his name. That's great,
4: I, I, 50, 50 years, Nick. Yeah,
1: I re- well, I, I said the other, on another show, I remember his voice. Um, when I first started going. That's a long time ago, Bill. it would be about that, that length of time. He's been yeah. there forever. Absolute fixture yeah, of the club. Incredible, incredible.
3: There you go, gents. Um, thank you, Billy, once again. Thank you, uh, Harry. Thank you, Nick. Of, of course, uh, get your yearbooks. They're available um, on the old social media. Nick's only got 30 left, and he's running out of stamps as well. So so get them <laughs> in, ladies and gents. Um, Millwall versus Brentford. Oh, we haven't done the predictions. Millwall versus Brentford, 3 o'clock kickoff at the Den Chaps. How's this going to go?
1: I'll start. Uh, it'll be Millwall 2, Brentford 0.
2: Harold? Uh, Millwall 1, Brentford 0.
3: Go on,
4: Bill. Uh, I always predict the Millwall win, but I'm not going to give you a scoreline. Oh, no. Nah.
2: Sorry.
3: Sorry, Sorry Enjoy getting <laughs> out <of> your <laughs> ass. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just, it's been painful to get out. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, Millwall 1, Brentford 0. Thank you once again to everyone. Thank you uh, for listening to us. Ran on as usual. Until next week, bye for now.
2: Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky review. however you you will. Till next time.
1: For the best Championship, League 1 and League 2 coverage, Acton Muir recommends the Football League paper. It's got it all covered. For the complete EFL picture, get the Football League paper, £1.50 every Sunday, or visit theleagepaper.com for a variety of digital subscriptions. The Football League Paper, it's got it covered.
0: Here's a cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.